Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. We do a very simple podcast in which we listen to punk, hardcore, metal, and adjacent forms of music that people send in to us. Typically, it's our first time hearing the releases in question, and we honestly react to whatever it is that we're hearing. Sometimes we like stuff, sometimes we don't, but we encourage you to uh, engage with the stuff that you do enjoy by purchasing records and going and seeing bands. Even if we don't like something, we encourage you to engage with and to support the things that you do like. We're not trying to be professional critics or make objective value judgments or be tastemakers of any sort here. We just like stuff. We like talking about punk. We like talking about subculture music. We like prattling on and on. So we strive to put new stuff in front of you every week. The format of the show is very simple. We have 10 bands in the queue. Everything is listener submitted. And we roll some dice and select usually between five and seven bands per episode to listen to. Um, if you want to submit music to the podcast, it's demo listen podcast at gmail.com. Just make sure the release is a year or less old from the time of submission. I figured something out this week, a problem, oh. uh, a problem that has been plaguing the demo listen podcast feed that a few people have written me about, which is the disappearance of old episodes. You got to figure it out. I got to figure it out. It's all good. If you go back in any of your podcatchers now, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen, all the episodes are available now. I got to well, figure it out. Uh, so on Podbean, for, for no reason that I can discern, because we have an unlimited pr- plan, which means we can upload as many hours, as many gigs of whatever data. Whatever we want. Whatever we want. We pay for it, right? We're big, big spenders, big ballers. For whatever reason, it defaults. There, I don't even know why this setting is there. I guess for people who want to kind of micromanage the way that their podcast feed looks, you can set a limit to how many podcasts in your RSS feed actually appear on your listener's podcatcher feed. So it just automatically defaults to being set to 100 episodes. Why wouldn't you just want it to be all of them all the time? Of course, sure. Right. That's my question as well. But like, there's nowhere that it tells you that up top, right? So you have to, the only way that you know that this problem exists is by encountering it and then Googling, what the fuck is happening? Why is this going on? And then in a very, uh, you, you manage to find your way into your advanced settings on Podbean, and then it's simple enough to just change the number, right? Uh, and, but there's also no way to just say all you have to set it at a finite number. So for now I just put it at 500 because I'm like, well, that's way off. We'll be dead by then. Probably 10,000. Sure. (laughs) Oh yeah. I could just do that. Right. Uh, so the, the, the point is the problem is solved. Podbean, I don't know why you do that, but... You they know. don't even know why they do that. Yeah, I'm sure they don't, right? Yeah, it's just a thing that... It's a, a feature that got implemented at some point and then nobody ever thought anything about just it. Just in my, in, in my uh, I guess, experience, not direct experience, but what I've gleaned from people mm-hmm. that work with uh, programmers and coders, yeah, they have no idea or even any care Mm-hmm. in what the end product looks like. For sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. They're just they're just punching in numbers, punching in code. Right. They, <laughs> you don't, know? they don't care. They yeah. don't care if it works. Sure. They don't care if it's usable. Right. They don't care if it's uh it just put it in. Yeah, sure. So on on that tip as well, on the sort of like quality of the podcast tip, we were talking before we started recording really briefly about how our podcast is kind of quiet. And I commented Based on uh, like the, a general sample, like a, a, a relatively large sample size of podcasts in our general uh, field, right? Like e- even our peers, we'll, we'll say our podcasting peers, we're average to a little bit louder. And based on... I can't confirm or refute that. <laughs> sure. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I will say. 
Um, but based on comparisons with like real pro podcasts, we're definitely struggling. So, uh, and, and I was explaining, I can't like send it off to get mastered because the turnaround time on our podcast is very short. We record right. it. And then within 12 hours, I edit it and put it up online. So we can't just have a professional help us out because that's not, uh, that's not the kind of operation we run here. And on that tip, I, I guess I figured something out today <laughs> or like yesterday I was listening to the Kings of Punk podcast that Tyler Hammer and Jake and all those guys do up in Rochester. And they mentioned something about scrapping an episode, how they were like, it was their second time attempting to record that particular episode because it wasn't any good. And I, and I listened when I listened to worst possible timeline, they mentioned that sometimes too, like, Oh man, we scrapped a half an hour. And it occurred to me that other people like edit themselves. <laughs> we never <laughs> and do. Like try, try harder. Well, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. And this is kind of ties into something I was thinking about actually. Um, they have like a thought out direction. Yeah, absolutely. We listen to music, new music. Yeah. And if it goes somewhere for us, it doesn't. Right. We tell you if we like it or we not or we don't. Sure. And then if that if if that is the seed that takes the conversation somewhere else, we follow that for a little while. Sure. We generally don't have a plan. Yeah. Like, hey, let's talk about like, you know, the hottest bands on Spotify, for instance. Sure. And this is where it ties into what I was had me thinking yeah because i've been kind of hung up in this almost imposter syndrome thing for a, a week or so mm -hmm. about this show not about this show just about me in general okay um i don't know if that's the right it started with that uh -huh. where i went to a meeting you know some conservation meeting or whatever i went to a meeting for work and there were some folks talking about some high level conservation science and uh somebody asked me what i thought and i'm like what what, what? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't. Why have, are you asking me? I don't have the credentials for this. Yeah. I mean, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, why are you asking me? That's weird. Why would you ask for my opinion on this at all? That's sure. so bizarre. Right. And I just, I got stuck there. Yeah, and you know, like, I, because like, like I, I was thinking to myself, like, I ran that, you know, and I gave my thought on, you know, hey, sure. this is what I think, and <clears throat> but seriously prior to being interrupted and asked that question mm -hmm. i was kind of spacing out in the conversation <laughs> sure yeah. and i can almost guarantee you i was thinking about like something stupid like i don't know butts yeah <laughs> yeah sure right yeah singing <laughs> a song about poop and pee in your head <laughs> right? yeah. like like i like or sure. like huh boy look at those bricks up there right you know <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> like yeah, i course. was just kind of spacing out yeah and so when somebody, you know, asked me what I thought, I was like, what, huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you asking me this? And then I, I actually was listening to some other podcasts. Uh -huh. And I was listening to, um, I, I was listening to Axe to Grind. Uh -huh. And, you know, like those dudes, or at least one of them. Bob. Well, not Bob. Okay. And, uh, one of them is like actively making money in like punk rock. Oh, Pat? Pat. Yeah, well, he makes money because A, Drug Church does well, and B, he's now uh, in like an image comics, comic book creator with successful titles. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Well, he, aside, they were, you know, they, they, were, they weren't talking about comics. Okay, work. And But they're talking about making money. Sure, yeah. You know, and, and he's doing pretty damn well. Sure. Right? And then they started talking about the business, and all, all, all three of those guys have, you know, far more, I guess, credentials in the business of punk and so forth oh, and sure. punk in general than anybody I know. Yeah. Bob worked for Rev. Right. Yeah. Bob worked for Rev and so forth. So I was thinking to myself, like, I like 
that kind of also put it because that's something that I never even like. This is a hundred percent a hobby. Most sure. of the bands that I like, yeah, I don't even think about the potential that they would make money. Right? No, of course. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't care less. Yeah, it doesn't factor into the equation. And because they were talking about Spotify, you know how popular were they on Spotify, and like the whole, you know, we talk on this show a lot about. Why the fuck are you releasing like a single every six months? Just homie, just fucking release. They did talk about this on the yeah on a recent yeah. episode, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess that, totally that is a sense. thing. Yeah, and I guess I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, I, I had the exact same because I don't know how anything fucking works. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and there was a couple other things where it came out. I was like, God, I know nothing about the business. I don't really care to know anything about the business yeah, me of neither. it yeah. because to me, I, I don't know. It's that's not fun. No, I, I will say like I, I've said it before. Like the the minute that I brushed up against anything that could even be considered like uh like sustainability within like music making as a job or a yeah. profession i was like oh no 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 <laughs> i like right. i pulled back super hard and was like i'm done with this right. i don't want to do this at all ever it sucks right you know? yeah and, and so like i uh that's exactly right and i was just kind of like god that's a whole nother level that like i never even consider watching yeah. a band in a basement or picking up a fucking demo sure yeah period yeah you know and I frankly don't know of anybody else, like that any bands that I go to see, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's happenstance. Gel gets hype. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? But right. like, it's just such a, it's, it's a whole nother level of, of thought. And, um, it's a whole nother realm that I never even thought about. Again, it ties back into the, the ever growing list of reasons why you and I will always fail to, <laughs> to, to succeed on greater levels because that aspiration doesn't enter into our minds. Yeah, I, I guess. It, you're right. It doesn't enter into my mind, but I don't know if it's failing because it's not like I set out. Sure, right. Yes, that's true. Right? That's true. And also, I man, it seems really fucking obnoxious. Yeah. Like, really fucking obnoxious. To have to deal with it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know? For sure. I agree. I mean, I, I deal with that when I want to bring bigger bands through the house that have an off day or something, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got to check with our agent to make sure it's all kosher. And I'm just like, tell them to fucking kick rocks. What you are know, you talking about? And, and that's, that's I think that that's, I don't know, again, my ignorance of how the industry, the industry yeah. it works, right? Sure. But I, I feel like like when I was booking shows, and it's been a while, yeah, I'd never heard anything like that. Like yeah. the most we would get is folks saying, "Hey, like we want a you know six hundred dollar guarantee." Sure, yeah. And then we're kind of like, "Okay, yeah. sure, right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah, man." I don't know. It's uh, it's it's we're also in a particular moment where there's like there. I think there there is a bit of a feeding frenzy. Yeah, I think so, and that's what I mean. It's like it's like gels on the upcoming high on fire and municipal waste tour. Right. You know what I mean? And like, that's definitely a tour they got on because they have like a booking agent and right, stuff. Right, now, right. And, you know, and the thought, like, the thought of that. Yeah. Like, you know, whether or not the, the folks in jail set out to do that or got swept up into it. Right. I'm thinking about put me in that position. Yeah. And I'm far too fucking old to ever be in that position now. Sure. Right. I, I, I ain't glowing up like that. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As it is. Sure. But like, put me in that. There, there's no, there's, there's literally no fucking way that I make it more than like three days on that tour. Because I will sabotage it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Immediately. Like right. the moment that you lay gl- ground rules for how the punk band is supposed to behave. Yeah, of course. The moment that you start putting restrictions on shit. Yeah. Nope, I'm done. 
for sure. And it, it kind of, yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm fundamentally not wired to uh, chase the bag, as it were, to yeah. secure the bag. I'm just not, I'm not a bag secure in type, man. I just, I, I shoot myself in the foot either by pure happenstance, because that's just the way I am, or, or intentionally if I'm in a situation in which I feel like I now need to lash out and like put my foot down and it's usually over some arbitrary bullshit that would probably behoove me to just keep my mouth shut and let myself prosper but I don't do it yeah on some convoluted sense I, of principle because I, 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 I have such a hard time playing by somebody else's fucking rules yeah for sure and the fact that the fact that like let's just say like in a fantasy world mm -hmm. we're in a band that's popular enough that we have a booking agent sure and we have and we have to say the phrase let me check with my booking agent yeah dude no way. No. no. Let me tell this person what I'm going to do. It got me into trouble the minute I was on like a remotely established label. Yeah. Because I just released music without asking the label, you know, digitally. And they were like, yo, you can't do that. And I was like, why? They were like, well, because we got to like, you know, put together press releases and go through the proper channels. I was like, yeah, but I just recorded this. I want to put it out. I didn't want there to be a bunch of fanfare about it. It was just some shit I recorded. I like that I put it on the internet. Yeah. What's the fucking big deal? And they were like, well, you can't. You can't do that. It's just like that Ugh. sucks. So it's really that about fucking. Like, and I don't sucks. know. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe if if I was making that gel money, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd swallow my pride a little bit. <laughs> yeah, making that gel money for sure. But like you know, it's just it's just really fucking it, it, the whole thing. Like it, it got me thinking about what what an obnoxious, horrible thing that must be. Sure. Yeah. Because even just listening, you know, to third hand accounts, yeah. or second hand accounts through somebody else that I don't fucking know on a podcast yeah, um, was like making my skin crawl. For like sure. the fact that you have to, that, that they're so, you know, fucking people get so fucking hung up on like the social media aspect of it. It sucks, man. You know, it's like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm not wired to play that. And game. that's why I like, and that's that, that kind of thing got me thinking about my interaction with, you know, at that conservation, because like that too has its own, like, you know social media circles and all that sort of stuff sure. and, and like there's you know there are there are there are definitely like uh levels of engagement and rules and so forth and i am not a part of any of it sure because of my hermitude right largely yeah, yeah sure and i was just like why the fuck are you asking me this question <laughs> yeah yeah for sure you i know? feel you I mean, I, I think part of that is also why I, I, I endeavor at the top of every episode to make it very clear that we're uh, not trying to be tastemakers here because I want to take us out of that equation as yeah, much as don't, possible. Don't ever approach us about making money. Yeah. Because we're going to disappoint. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Dude. You want us to, you know, like I, I know they do like the read-ins for like labels, their sponsors. Yeah. I, I, so like I, I've never actually listened to an entire episode of Axe to Grind. Um, but I was like, hey, this is a pretty good show, actually. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah. And but they do the read-ins and stuff, and I don't want to turn this into like discussing them. But like, and I know other podcasts do this too that I listen sure. to, right? Yeah. And we said it before. There's no way. I I would say I I I feel the same way as you do on some level in that like like for example when Bob asked us to be in the mix on like the Axe to Grind like year end podcast roundup thing last year, and I was just like are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you want to throw yeah. us in the mix on here? Because you guys seem like you know you're you're good <laughs> you're solid dudes who endeavor not to step on toes you do a thing where you're actually like genuinely trying to provide a service and you're trying to do like a a, a rising tide raises all ships situation yeah. where you don't badmouth people and you just try to like you try to speak on things that you know about and that you enjoy and not tell, tell tales out of school. And you're generally doing a laudable, admirable thing. Yeah. Whereas we do not do and they, that. And, and like they, they stick to like, they, they pretty much, 
they stick to the script. Yes, for sure. Right? Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, we don't badmouth people generally. No, not generally speaking, though. But if we don't like your band, we'll tell you. For sure. Yes. And I, and and with as big, uh, I mean, with as large a contingent of boo-boo babies are in hardcore and punk, like us even saying things like, this band fucking sucks, dude, is enough to burn bridges. That's you know the way I mean? the world is, man. You, the, the world is full of boo-boo babies. Everybody's got yeah. to be amazing all the time. That's right. You know what? Probably don't like this show. Probably not. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm not afraid to admit that you probably think we suck. That's probably true. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Uh, so real quick, I just wanted to say, uh, speaking of, of gel, uh, I did hear from Zach. I mentioned, I think in the last episode, um, that I, I hoped that Smoked Out Vibe was an integral part of the demo listen lore of the canon and that people took that to heart and that they used it in their own lives. And um, I've heard from several people, notably Zach, who said that in the gel van, um, the phrase smoked out vibe gets used like five times a day. And he said he doesn't know why it's so funny to him, but that it is on the tip of his tongue at basically every moment. Yeah. At any moment, the phrase smoked out vibe could come out of his mouth. See, I want to meet somebody where the, the phrase smoked out vibe is serious yes, business. Yes, fully unironic. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, I don't want to meet them. But no, I want to observe. Yeah, I want to know about them for sure. A couple other real, uh, real quick notes. I saw Immolation uh, and uh, Dark Funeral and of course, Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. You asserted previously that Cannibal Corpse is like the best live death metal band. Yeah, they're one of the best seen. live death metal bands I've ever seen. They were fucking unbelievably they good. They are pros. Unbelievably That's why good. they're millionaires. I will also say, not a big Dark Funeral fan, also very, very good live. Immolation, love that band. However, their drummer, and this relates to a, a, a working theory I had while I was watching them, because we had the same experience when we saw Napalm Death. And I think that there may be a generation of old school, like death metal, grind, extreme music drummers who were betting on the fact that the live drum mix was never going to advance to the point where it currently is. Because there's a degree of clarity and there are some decisions made, uh, particularly about how kick drums are mixed in live, modern live, like death metal music that they couldn't have accounted for in 1992. And Immolation's drummer is uh, uh, an unfortunate casualty of that inability to see into the future because that dude's kick, like double kick skills were, I want to say, on par with like a high school battle of the bands level. And they, I think Cannibal Corpse was also the only band that had their own front of house guy. And so the Pierre sound guys were They're just, terrible. they were murdering the mix, like in the worst possible way. And so the kick drum was like fully like triggered clicky kick and it was right up front in the mix. Well, so that, that's, that's what they love. I, every time I've seen a show at dude, that venue, it's a nightmare. The, the kick drums are oppressive. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Um, and, and, and it really doesn't help anybody. No. And well, but dark funeral, his, their drummer is insane. He is notoriously fucking insane. insane. So machine. it was fine. So there, that was, if anything, just highlighted, highlighted what an insane drummer is. That Still, kick drum was, Way up front, the horrible mix, mix. And miserable, horrible mix, right? But yes, I I think that there might be just some old drummers that were like counting on being able to sit back there and fudge it. You know what I mean? They're just <laughs> like, hey man, a live drum mix. We're playing clubs to 150 people. There's not really good sound. Even when they got a little a little bit bigger, you weren't mixing the kick drum like that in 1995. You know mm. what I mean? They just couldn't account for it, and they, uh, you know, by extension, they didn't keep up with their double kick skills. 
and now they're out there suffering, making fools of themselves. Well, I tell you what, I am glad that you went to that show because the group text with everybody complaining about their allergies prior. Josh ended up going as well. <laughs> Jesus, come on. I what know. the fuck? I felt the same way. That's why, that's why I was like, yes, I too let my allergies prevent me from doing cool things. Yeah. So Josh showed up. He didn't even tell me. He just... Uh, he just walked up to me while I was there. And I was like, oh, well, you did come. Your allergies don't seem so bad after Good all. Good for him. Good for him. And I, I'm glad that uh, the bands didn't disappoint. I mean, I told you Cannibal Corpse is one of the best death metal bands I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm glad. That, uh, it's been a while. It's probably been, I don't know, 20 years since I've seen him. Uh, George Fisher, Corpse Grinder, also did, um, he did a little... Uh, introduction to <laughs> to one of the songs he was like getting like you know how how many ladies we got in the crowd you know and yeah. everyone was like yeah he's like i can't hear you give it to me again and he was like all right this next one's for the ladies and they Fuck all with a knife. yeah they all cheered and he was just like well he's like you might want to reserve your celebrations until uh, you hear the name of this next song it's called fucked with a knife <laughs> and then they went right into it i'll tell you what i george i saw george i saw George Fish, George, Jesus Christ. I saw Cannibal Corpse with um, George Fisher, like when the Vile record came out in that tour. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's this huge, thick necked, like long necked, imposing dude, so much different than like Chris Barnes on sure. stage. And uh, I'm looking at recent pictures of him, and I know that, you know, time catches us all. Sure, yeah. He is looking more and more clammy and cadaverous. Yes, yeah, for sure. With yeah. Every year. For sure. That's just the, uh, that's the cruel pull of time, I yeah. think, you know? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. I decided, uh, you know, we, we didn't need to really cap our preamble today because uh, a little um, <clears throat> a little insight into the end of the episode. We don't actually have any voicemails this week. We just got, got wow. a couple. We got a couple text messages to, to read through, but um, that's about it. So. Uh, maybe that section of the show is finally run its end. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll cut it out. Um, so let's get in. Uh, let's get into the queue this week. Uh, so first up, we've got Private Lives with a uh, self-titled release. This is a band out of uh, Montreal, Quebec. It was sent in by Yosef, who just said it's some some good old rock and roll. Then we've got Dragged with their self-titled release. This is a band out of New Bedford, Massachusetts. It was sent in by Joey. Um, and this is uh, this is yet another new uh, Trevor Vaughn project. Trevor Vaughn, uh, the man of uh, a man of many hats for sure. This dude cannot stop putting out music. And I will say. For as prolific a dude as he is, he seems to actually follow through on these projects. Most of them are not studio-only things. This band's first show is playing with Youth of Today in like a week. So uh, Trevor's really out here getting after it. Then we have got Cut with Vanquish the Week. This was sent in by Noah, who said that this is some uh, Chinese bestial black metal stuff. Which Interesting. I'm, I'm pretty excited to hopefully land on this. Then we have got Short Circuit Poetry with their Bad Alien EP. This is a band out of Finland. It was sent in by Derek, who said it's some uh, pretty good synthy stuff. Then we have got Flesh Creep with uh, Bullets slash King of the Hill. This is a band out of England, and uh, it was sub submitted by the band. They said uh, they were pretty sure that we would probably like this, that it's a little bit Poison Idea, a little bit Born Against, which definitely sounds up our alley. Mm-hmm. Then we have got Cemento with Weaponry. This is a band out of L.A. who we've had on the show before. This was sent in by Zach. Um, they released something on Iron Lung last year, mm -hmm. and I think we had that uh, that seven inch, or it might have been. I think it was a twelve inch on the on the show uh, at the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. And then we uh, we've got Split System with Volume One. This is uh, this just came out on Drunken Sailor. It was sent in by uh, Ryan. Uh, I can't remember what exactly he said about this. I think he just said, man, Australia. He didn't really say anything about it other than that it's Australian and very good. 
Then we've got Curse of Flesh with their demo. Uh, this is a band from South Carolina. It was sent in by Alec, who just said it's some good old-fashioned uh, meat and potatoes, death metal stuff. This also marks the fourth band in a, in a two-episode arc uh, that has Flesh in the name. Yeah. So we're on a Flesh is Hot in the naming zeitgeist right now. Yeah, November is a good month for Flesh. Indeed. Indeed it is. Uh, then we've got uh, Spody Boy with Neon Lights. This is, um, so this was sent in by Joshua, and he says this is like, um, this came out on Goodbye Boozy, and it's a member of Snooper. He said it might be a solo project from one of the members of Snooper. And then last up, we have got Backwash, Back X Wash. I love that move when there's clearly a band name that's already <laughs> yeah. taken. Yeah, and it's you just, just putting like, X in there. Yeah, it's, like a, it's like a new email account. Yeah, just do. Yeah, exactly. It is exactly like that, a new email account. So this is a, this is a release called His Happiness Shall Come First, Even Though We Are Suffering. And uh, this is a, another, another band out of Montreal, Quebec. This was sent in by uh, Alistair, who, uh, who said it kind of sounds like Techno Animal, which our Patreon subscribers will remember from our Napalm Death family tree. It's he generally compared it to that like kind of like Justin Broderick school of like nineties kind of Brit trip hoppy stuff. Mm -hmm. Some of that stuff we were like on the fence about is like being like, yeah, in a different context, I could like this. So he said this is definitely pretty firmly in the adjacent category, but thought it was close enough and is being made by people that he thinks qualified to be on the show. Um, okay. He also wanted to mention that in case we were wondering, because Alistair is the British doctor who I've mentioned. Uh, wow. It's insane that we have a medical doctor who listens to our show. Uh, he says that he is a palliative medicine doctor in case we cared and that your response would probably be who gives a shit. Oh, no, I don't think it's, it gives a shit. I think that that's probably actually kind of got to be a pretty tough, I mean. A, a very tough job. Seeing him off. Yeah, for sure. That's a tough job. I was actually thinking about it when I read the email before I came over here, and I was like, man, it's insane that somebody who, like, like tends to people in their final days chooses to tune into this show. What else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, man. I just, I don't feel like we're qualified to entertain palliative care doctors. We're, we're, maybe we're qualified to distract. I don't know. Or remind him how important the work is he's doing. For sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> how insipid and stupid and poorly yeah. thought out this show is yeah. reminds him like, man, I could be out here just making a bad par hardcore podcast, but I'm out here really making a difference. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, let's roll the dice. See what's up first tonight. Two. All right. Two is uh, two is dragged. I did listen to one song off of this and uh, thought it was real good. Um, well, I listened to two songs technically. Intro into Workman's Stomp. Uh, the song that was uh, suggested to us though is Low Frequency. So uh, so we'll listen to that one. We're gonna listen to Low Frequency by Dragged off of their self-titled uh, first release. <laughs> Doctor, 
All right, we just heard Low Frequency by Dragged off their self-titled debut. I don't know if it's like, it's of, a, it's of a high enough quality. I'm not sure if they would call this a demo or just a debut EP. Some bands just skip the demo phase and go right into just the, the, the debut release. Either way, though, I, I, and I, I think I've said as much before, it's pretty safe to, to, to dub uh, Trevor Vaughn a, a hardcore or a heavy music savant. Uh, you know, the dude does Wound Man, he does Internal, he did The Rival Mob, he does this, he did Wolf Whistle. The man at the very at his very worst does something that's pretty good, and at his very best does something that will be uh, considered, and by many people, including myself, is already considered a critical part of like the hardcore canon, right? Sure. So that's a pretty good success rate, and I I I'd say this is this is uh, not deviating from that. It's right in the mix. This is a really solid meat and potatoes hardcore that is hard to beef with if you like any any type of hardcore, but especially if you like Boston style stuff like Slapshot and stuff. Yep. What what are you gonna dislike about yep. this? This was very straightforward New England hardcore. Yes. Um pretty good. Yep. Another another uh, notch in Trevor Vaughn's belt, Indeed. so to speak. Yep. Um I don't know how much else to say about it. I mean we can you know, yeah. The one thing that stood out to me was you had mentioned before with a different Trevor Vaughn project we we listened to that he has a sort of signature style mm -hmm. that showed up in this for sure that riff around the chorus and absolutely. stuff absolutely yeah yep for sure the dude has yeah again that is I think uh, that is it attests to the quality of the dude's songwriting and playing that like even within like the hardcore milieu you can the dude has managed to carve out a space where like I can hear a riff and be like, Oh, that sounds like a Trevor Vaughn riff. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that's a, that's an impressive feat unto itself. So yeah, another, another laudable entry in the men's, uh, huge and ever growing discography, really solid hardcore. Um, that, that, like I said, would be pretty tough to beef with no matter what type of hardcore you like. Let's, uh, let's roll the dice. That was a quick one. That's one where it's like, what can you say? Right. Well, I think we, it's with, good no, with no voicemails, we might get through all 10 tonight. I know for sure. Yeah. Let's, let's see what we can do. Three. All right. Three is Short Circuit Poetry with their Bad Alien EP. So, uh, yeah, this is a Finnish band. Um, we were uh, we were instructed to just listen to the first uh, and title track of this. So we're going to listen to Bad Alien off the EP of the same name by Short Circuit Poetry.
Okay, so with with this show, and we've kind of mentioned this before, I think one thing I've come to value a lot uh, because we're just we're constantly exposed to so much music. Something something that I really value is a, a deviation from expectation, and. In 2022, when I see the tag like Devo Core and I see something described as, as described as synthy, mm-hmm. I, I imagine I know what direction it's going to go, what tropes it's going to fall right. into. But this this sounded like uh, this sounded like brain bombs playing synth punk. It was fucking sick and psychotic. Yeah, I really like this. This did not. This did not. Um this came out of left field to me because I was yeah. in the same place when you said, oh, it's synthy stuff. Yeah. And I'm looking at the artwork and you can't tell much about the artwork, but it is pretty minimalist. Sure. And it's sort of like, you know, somebody trying, somebody with an eye for design. Sure. You yes. know, yep. Um, this mysterious sigil based minimalist art. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, we're probably going to get some, some pretty uh, thoughtful. Sure. Um, melodic synth stuff. Sure. Maybe maybe a little shoegazy, right? Not at all. Not one. Bit. What we got was something, something composed without any thought whatsoever to commercial success. Yep. Or, or even the listener. <laughs> Tour manager, or even yeah. the listener. Yes, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. Right. And I really, I really like this. I, I don't know if it was intentionally meant to sound as stupid as it did when it came in with "I'm a bad alien." Yeah. But I, I really, I really like that. Yeah, this was like a minute 45 seconds of like full-on cacophony. Uh-huh. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, at times, you talk about the you know, like brain bombs and so forth, but like at times it also like, you you can't, Finland, mm-hmm. that those vocals. Sure. And then there's like, you know, some minor melodies. and mm-hmm. You can't help but say, oh, there's like a little bit of, you know, some black metal in there maybe sure. too. Yeah. Right? But um yeah, I really like this. This is right up my alley, and I have to listen to the other four. As much as I like hardcore and stuff like that, like I, again, we've we've said it many times. I'm in it for the stupidity, of course, just as much as anything else. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And I think when you can mix stupidity with uh, a general sort of feral presentation, yes, you know, because this still had teeth to it for sure. This is t- yeah, and, and there's n- there's nothing indicating that it's going to sound. The way it did. Yeah, and the name even, like Short Circuit Poetry. I would mm-hmm. love to see somebody who picks this up on the strength of the album art and the name, thinking that they're going to get something nice. If, if if I saw a band called Short Circuit Poetry in 1998... Oh, you, dude, you know exactly what they're sounding I know like. exactly what I'm getting. Absolutely, dude. Right? Yes, for sure. I know exactly what I'm getting. I'm getting a, a, lot, of, a lot of scrawny wimps crying. <laughs> yes, absolutely, for sure. Even like how this presents aesthetically is kind of in that vein. Like right. I could see this being like uh, some lost like Jade Tree or Deep Elm release from around uh-huh. the turn of the century. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was not that, and it was really fucking good. It was really good. Um, all right, let's, uh, let, yeah, and also, I'm for sure going to listen to the rest of this probably on the way home tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's roll the dice. Seven. Okay, uh, seven is uh, Spody Boy with Neon Lights. So this is, like I said, this is the one that is the the project of at least one person from Snooper. Um, I'm not sure if it is a solo project or what. Uh, the individual who sent this in, um, Joshua, seemed to believe that it might be a solo project, but I, you know, I haven't done any research since then. Hey, it's brand new to us. It is indeed. Um, so the uh, the title track is the one that was recommended to us. So we're going to listen to Neon Lights off of the seven inch of the same name by the band Spody Boy. 
All right, we just heard Neon Lights off the 7-inch of the same name by the potentially solo project, potentially full band, Spody Boy, that came out on Goodbye Boozy, and it looks like they have some copies of the 7-inch still available on uh, on the band camp here. So if you look in the tags, it says, like, Cow Punk, Honky Tonk, Gun Club. And, uh, yeah, so this reminded me of the world of possibility I thought existed uh, when I first heard the Gun Club and when I first heard, like, early cramps material and when i first heard like you know early x material when i heard songs like johnny hit and run pauline by x or sex beat by the gun club and i first learned of like uh psycho billy and cow punk i thought man there's a whole world of potential here similarly to like the misfits we talked about how in that case there is one band that did it well one time and it never worked again Mm -hmm. but similarly when i heard the misfits i'm like oh man maybe there's a whole genre of cool stuff like this oh wow there is it's called horror punk let's check it out (laughs) oh it's all bad right similar thing with like early psycho billy there was like a wave of that early cow punk stuff you you can throw like early dead milkmen into that as Mm -hmm. well that all fucking rules, and then it got really bad really, really fucking fast. Right. Really fast. And this stuck very, very close to the original formula. This, to me, felt like, uh, you know, coming 40 years down the line, uh, making good on the promise of cowpunk that, like, never really materialized because bands went in really fucking shitty directions with it, and it got, like, it became just, you know... Now it's, like, beard IPA music. Like, I don't want to hear the fucking Reverend Horton Heat or anything like that. Fuck that shit. But this was cool. This stuck very close to the punk component of cowpunk. It was, like, weirdo music that just incorporated a little little touches of like country influence in here tastefully but it distorted them and it it it, the cool thing about a lot of that early parody stuff is or of that a lot of that early cowpunk stuff is it felt like parody as much as it did homage especially in the case of something like the dead milkman sure and this had a similar vibe to it um and i really appreciated that about this and i i liked it a lot so spody boy is homeboy from snooper okay um what is it um Connor Cummins, I think. Okay. Um, I hate country music so much. Yeah, I know you do. I hate country music so much that it's even even a whiff of it in virtually anything will mm-hmm. ruin it for me. Sure. I hate it. Yeah. There's only, like, I, I don't really like cowpunk. I, man, I struggle. I struggle to, like, say that I even like some of the classic bands. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like Dead Milkman fu- enough. Sure. But the moment that the, that, that, that the fucking cowboy music comes out and the moment that the country music starts to get in that DNA, yeah. I fucking hate it. Sure. I fucking hate everything about it. Right. I don't like it. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it sounds. Right. I don't like its roots. I don't give a shit. What, what country music is, is America clinging to some sort of cultural touchstone that other nations have through the sheer length of their existence. Sure, there's probably some truth to that. Right? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And I fucking hate it. Sure. That said, this is fine. I'm never. I'm not going to listen to this again. Okay. Yeah, sure. It's that's, fine. That's if, predictable. If this, if this is on, it's fine. Sure. You know, I, I, every time I hear anything with country music in it, in either you know under un, under any sort and, and any sort of like the punk rock umbrella sure i think about the vandal song um um urban um what is it urban struggle mm-hmm. and it's just a you know they're making fun of cowboy bars and stuff sure, like that yeah, that's yeah. pretty much the only punk song that incorporates country into it that i enjoy yeah you know 
and the maybe Mohawk Town, uh, another Vandal song. But like, I just, I fucking hate country music, and I don't like it in virtually anything. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not that way. Uh, I like, I liked the the way that com- country was incorporated into this, and like I said, kind of mutated and twisted and parodied. Um, it was sick. I liked it a lot. It makes sense. This is on Goodbye Boozy. Yeah, um, it does. And uh, I, w- I will definitely listen to the rest of this. Like I said, I, I really, really like that early cowpunk stuff and like psychobilly stuff um, that kind of predated when the genre took a direction that uh, no respectable adult could ever engage with. Uh, so um, I like that this is this is like a take on that classic sound. And I, uh, I will for sure check out the rest of the seven inch and probably go go back and check out the previous releases, too. I see if they're also to, also to my liking. Shove it up your ass. <laughs> okay. All right. What's next? Uh, yeah, I, I man, I country music in any variant, just I hate it. Yeah, I know, man. It's it's something that it, it seems like it's a it's like an innate part of you. It really you is. can't help it. it, it really, there's like yeah. this Jungian urge. I don't I, yeah. I don't know I don't know what the the I guess uh, you know what is the esoteric sort of antithesis to, to country music. I don't know. That's a good question. Like what is the, what is the drive? This the innate resistance to country music. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but you have it. I it, hate it exists it. in I you. I fucking hate it. Yeah. You know what it is? It's because I hate America. <laughs> yeah. yeah sure. Like, I do. Yeah, I know. You know what I, I mean? I mean, I don't love it either. You know what I mean? But, like, I, I hate it. I hate yeah. all the rose-colored glasses we put on about this fucking place. And, sure. oh, it's so fucking great. Yeah, I guess it's cool if you like, you know, mindless entertainment and, and unending gluttony. Yeah, sure. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking great. But what got us here was fucking goddamn awful. That's true. Yes, right? and country music is uh, just another symptom of that that horse shit. To you, it seems like maybe that's... it's the music of the fucking colonizers. Right. <laughs> that's that's it. Right. Yeah. Right. Maybe it seems like it's the it's like the distillation of everything that you hate about this nation is yeah. contained within country. Perhaps. Yeah. Can you, you just here they come here they come through the hills and dales and through the forest <laughs> just walking on their fucking banjos. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, war, the war banjos. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that shit. It's undignified to imagine having to get colonized by people who are toying away on banjos. Right. Yeah. Like, hey, yo, here we've been for thousands of years, right? Yeah. The indigenous folks of North America and South America. Sure. Right. But well, let's stick with North America. Yeah. We know this place like the back of our goddamn hands. Yeah. Right. We know what plants grow where, when they're going to grow, what they're good for. We know every fucking trick in the book Mother Nature's got to throw at us. Sure. Hark, what's that I hear? <laughs> what is that god-awful sound I hear coming coming through the coming through the forest? Oh, look, it's fucking toothless European heathens plucking on banjos, come a slaughtering, yeah. right? Yeah, Because sure. they think they know how to run this place better than us, and they're going to fucking run everything into the goddamn ground so they can wring every fucking nickel out of the soil within three generations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. And that's why you don't like country. That's why I don't like country. Makes sense. All right, two. Okay, two is cut. I, I was hoping that we would land on this just because it sounds interesting. The idea of bestial black metal from China. Yeah, that that wets me whistle. Um, so you can find this at cutblackdeath.bandcamp.com. Um, I don't believe that a particular song was recommended to us. Uh, they have got uh, one queued up to play, though. They have the fourth song queued up, so we're going to listen to Iron Thorn by Cut off of their release, Vanquish the Week. Thank you. 
All right, we just heard the song Iron Thorn by Cut off of Vanquish the Week. That fucking rocked. Now, and you know what? Yeah. That's not the music of the colonizer. Uh-huh. That is the music of the conqueror. <laughs> Indeed. Yes, that is the music of the conqueror for sure. Right? Yeah. That yeah, fucking that, ruled. Yeah, it was that's, good. It was so, really good. China is such a mysterious musical scene to us. Yes. Yeah, We've totally. had a few Chinese bands on here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot, like... We, I think that what was it? What was the was it a black metal band, the Chinese black metal band that we had on here maybe about a year or so ago? Yeah, yeah, maybe even a little bit more, but yeah, yeah, and and, and but but otherwise, it's it's kind of a mystery. I mean, you don't you don't hear of punk from China, not really hardcore, and and I'm sure that you know it's there, sure, but you know due to I guess um, cultural and political barriers, sure, there's, yeah. there's this veil that it just doesn't get penetrated, right. Um, I'm sure if I looked a little more, I could find it. Sure. I would love to know how many bands in China sound like this. Yeah, same. Because, you know, there are tons of bands that sound like this in, uh, like, the United States and sure. other areas of the world. I, and this is a very popular sound right now. Thank goodness. How lo- – we talked about, the like, like a new golden era of oi, an oi renaissance. Yes. How lucky are we to be living in a bestial – Black metal renaissance. Dude, I was thinking about this the other day. It's insane that I can go to shows and see like a dude in an Antichrist Siege Machine shirt and just be like, that's a contemporary band. This is a peer of mine who's actively listening to like war metal. Right. That's insane. I didn't think that moment would come. Right. Where I was having conversations with people about revenge and like Ross Bay stuff. It's insane. Like uh, actually Randy from MS Paint. Like he mentioned uh, the stuff that we had on the last episode, the band that we had on the last episode was like, yo, that shit was fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other recommendations? And I was just like, man, it's in- it's incredible to me that a dude who I met through playing in MS Paint, which is not a dude you would imagine would ever be into bestial black metal or war metal of any sort. The fact that I recommended that dude rights of thy did gringolade <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what right, i mean and right. and like uh and and access of advance right and it was like you might like this that's insane that i can even have that conversation at all so yes we are it's it's pretty bonkers to think we are living in the in the second golden age of bestial black metal yeah i, I don't even know if it's a second golden age because yeah that's it's true more popular than it's ever been that's true yeah yeah, yeah right sure. i mean you know, Bestial Warlust, you know, Bestial Warlust, Conqueror, all that sort of stuff. Now it's looked back on as like, you know, legendary. Sure, but at the time, right. But at the time, yeah, that was utterly fucking like alienating. Yeah, absolutely. It, w- it was counter to what, you know, Scandinavia was doing with black metal. It was sure. counter to what, you, you know, you heard with Death Metal United States. Yeah, even the South American stuff, like Sarcophago and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, like, you know? like it's just over the top. But now it's so thoroughly integrated into the into the DNA of so many good bands. And it's not that they're comp- conquer. I mean, they're not that they're copying, like, you know, War Cult Supremacy or anything like that. But, like, it's clear. Yes, sure. Angel Corpse. Right. Who would, I would have never thought, like, you know... 20 years ago that Angel Corpse would be such a predominant influence in so many fucking bands. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? This band, for instance, I was looking at their shirt, mm-hmm. um, and, like, there's, on the front is, like, a gauntleted fist holding a uh, a um, fucking... Uh, a flail. A flail. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, that's clearly inspired by Diocletian artwork. Absolutely, And Diocletian yes. is a fucking Angel Corpse, like, you know, the inexorable clone. Sure, yeah. You know? 
So yeah, it's just wild, and and that it's coming out of China. I would love to know more about what's happening in China like this. Same. I also love that it is explicitly satanic. Yes, <laughs> yes, that fucking rules. Especially because like, what is even the cultural context for Satanism in I know. China? I know. You know that know. fucking kicks ass. Um, I love when like I was just having a conversation with this about. I well, I was specifically talking about like the samurai spirits like racist Japanese oi stuff and how it's always so strange when like Western concepts get filtered through and land in uh, in Eastern culture and are filtered through these very strange lenses. And there's a lot of that here. There is reference to like sketchy stuff like Panzer altar of antichrist. But but like do, but it's just, I think it's just through the lens of like bands that may have actually been sketchy right? and now it's totally removed from its initial context. Yes, because none of those words are uncommon in the language sure. of metal. Right, exactly. Yes, exactly, right. right. The, I, the, one, the one here that's really got me is R.I. Perfect, R.I. Fierce. Rip, is, is that a Track lyric? six? Oh, oh, yeah. R.I. Perfect, R.I. Fierce. Yes, R.I.P. In two different permutations. Yeah, I don't know what that could possibly be. I have no idea either, but I'm going to check it out because I'm going to listen to the rest of this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This fucking rule. Yeah, this fucking rocked. I would expect no less from Noah. Noah is a dude who lives in Japan. He's yeah. a, he is uh, not a Japanese guy, obviously, um, but uh, he lives in, like, I think, teaches in Japan, and he is a dude who is absolutely ripped like power lifter dude who wears almost exclusively flectar and camouflage and like blasphemy shirts well so this is a dude who knows i knew when he sent in chinese bestial black metal it was not gonna suck you do understand that china and japan are not the same place yes i'm not referencing the the, the fact that he lives in japan was purely incidental okay. yes i'm very aware of that and i'm fact. also you know they, they're not they're actually they're very culturally different culturally different absolutely and uh have a little bit of cultural tension between i'm them. very aware of that fact okay. i was just mentioning there's a I was documentary just provided, called men behind the sun uh-huh Oh, yeah. about uh, Unit Seven Thirty One. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's not a documentary. You know, it's not 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 a documentary though. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I just mentioned the fact because I was just providing some context for the man, yeah. the man Noah. Okay. Um, but so the fact, like I mentioned, the fact that this is explicitly satanic is sick. I actually wanted to mention that up top too. Is like when I saw Dark Funeral, that was another thing that endeared me to them. Is that you know even if it's just theatrics, whatever, and it's a, it's a somewhat tired trope within like certain, a certain school of black metal. The fact that in Fort Wayne, Indiana, a band was up there on a crap, like in front of a a massive crowd of Mm -hmm. like backwoods, hick death metal fans Mm -hmm. with like inverted crosses and were denouncing Christ. It was, it felt nice in my town to see someone denouncing Christ. Yeah. And like a band from Sweden. Yeah. Denouncing Christ in front of like a thousand people. That's, that was fucking, that felt nice. There there have been plenty of acts that have played uh, that venue that have denounced Christ, but they're also usually backwards hicks. Exactly. From the United States. Here here we have uh, Swedish people. Yes. Traveling the world with their with their uh, re- revival of blasphemy. Yeah, for sure. It's it's just always good to see. I really we got to we need to endeavor to bring satanism into the fold of hardcore more actively. <laughs> yeah. You know. But not not the corny activist satan. No, no, not activist before. satan, pure nihilistic destructive. Yes. Yes, this kind of satanism Real. that seeks to crush the weak under heel. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, all right, let's uh, let's roll the dice. But that's a that's a high bar to clear. It's pretty good. Anytime we get good best of black metal on the show, uh, we're, we're like, ah, oh, nothing uh, else is going to be this good. Up. We're, we're yeah. perked up, right? Yeah. Wow. You know, really listenable, aptly done <laughs> country music. I hate this shit. <laughs> Right. Yes. But four four minutes of just near unlistenable. (laughs) Yes. Payons to evil and darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One. Okay. One is uh, private lives. This uh, this looks pretty cool, and uh, it was described as just good old fashioned rock and roll. I like the presentation of it. Um, this is a band uh, based out of Montreal, Quebec. Let me see. I don't think there was a particular song recommended to us. They got the first song queued up to play. So uh, we'll listen to Misfortune by Private Lives off their self-titled cassette. the song misfortune off of private lives by the band private lives yeah baby you ain't got to tell me twice that's nope. fucking great that was really good <laughs> i'm sold it's on feel it records makes oh sense. it's on feel it okay yeah. cool i didn't even see that yeah that makes perfect sense yeah it rocks man uh this is this is a a, a time-honored tradition of rocking power pop infused punk stuff that you know has existed since the undertones has been done many times by many great bands the soviets in the early 2000s private lives in 2022 it rocks i like i like every permutation of this pretty much right. I, I always like hearing this i like the way it looks i like the way it sounds i like basically everything about it 
And you kind of have to be crazy not to fucking like yes. something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to be so fucking contrary right. to be like, oh, this isn't any good. I know. Like, it's easy to not like country music. It is very easy. To In your defense, I will say, I like country music just fine, classic country specifically. It's mad easy to not like it. And anytime someone's like, I don't like country, I'm never like, how? Why? You don't like fucking toothless, coked out rednecks singing right. over twangy guitars? Like, right. It makes sense why you don't like that. Right. This, this, come on. You got to be stupid. Yeah, you got to be a, a real fucking brain dead moron. Yeah. This is great. It's designed to love. Right. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it, you, you, you couldn't write an algorithm to produce something more, yes. more lovable. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this is great. You like music with guitar, guitars in it, then like you are, you, it, the only way you could not like this is if you are consciously or unconsciously denying a part of your own mind, your own spirit. Yeah. This is great. It was really good. I don't really have much else to say about it. What, you don't like that? You fucking stupid. Boy, you don't need us to tell you. It's great. Buy, buy a cassette. I, I, I'm going to. Um, let's, uh, yeah, let's roll the dice again. Like I said, we only got like, we have like three or four text messages to read real quick, but okay. we, uh, we can just we listen to some more music. Four. Okay, four is Curse of Flesh. This is the stuff that was described to me as some, some meat and potatoes uh, death metal from uh, South Carolina. It's just uh, just two songs on here. I don't think that we're supposed to listen to one or the other. They got the first one queued up to play, so we're going to listen to uh, Anunnaki by Curse of Flesh off of their demo.
Okay, we just heard the song Anunnaki by Curse of Flesh off of their two-song demo, which is allowed when you have songs that average a runtime of approximately five minutes. Then you're allowed to give us two songs because yeah, I guess you still yeah. give us 10, 10 minutes of music. There's, there's 11 and a half minutes of music here. So. Yeah, for sure. How'd you like that? This is good. This is perfectly apt, perfectly fucking capable, deathy, doomy stuff. For sure. Um, reminiscent modernly of like Cerebral Rot. Sure. Or... Um, coffins yeah yeah oh yeah a lot of coffins in this for sure um yeah, yeah this was pretty good um i don't think that it it didn't grab me and make me say like whoa holy fuck sure you yeah. know what i mean it's it to me this is uh definitely like right in with the rest of the school yeah you know this is this is a really solid first effort i mean for a demo that's yep. that's a strong that's a strong opening volley as i often it's, say it's not an outlier in any way no strong and solid yep for sure if this was uh if this were your local death metal band you would feel very happy about that yeah pretty much in any mid-sized town yeah if this is the death metal band, this is the best death metal band in town. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I got no beef with this at all. I also don't, it didn't grab me per se, but I thought it was real solid. Would definitely check in on the next thing that this band does for sure. I thought it was, uh, thought it was pretty, pretty damn good. It was capable. They hit all the notes. You know what I mean? I will say it's, it's a tall task to go up against like when the other extreme metal band we had tonight was cut. You're hitting me with a far more lethargic, doom-infused brand of metal. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, it's not going to immediately perk my ears up in the same way. Just the destructive blast, hyper blasts of cut hit me right away. Mm -hmm. But this was purely, uh, purely competent, solid, moldy, doomy death metal. Yeah, the artwork is pretty sick. It's by yeah. uh, Dig Trash Art and... Uh, I was thinking while this band was playing, you mm -hmm. know, because when you listen to death metal, it is appropriate to dwell on the concept of your own mortality of and course. death, right? Yes, sure. That's what it's all about. Right. Right. I, I had this vision of like, whatever takes me, however I die, mm -hmm. let's say I'm in a hospital. Right. Yeah. It's probably how it's going to happen. Probably. God, it's how I hope it doesn't happen. That's I was just thinking about this the other day you know? because my mom is a nurse and she was talking about some old infirm patient. No. she had, And I was like, not me, man. I'll walk into the woods. I just want to catch a stray bullet. Absolutely. Something, dude. Right. Anything but there, that. I'm there one second. I'm not the next. Right. I'm not, I'm not sitting in bed shitting myself. I want to be a fucking news story. My biggest, yeah, for sure. My biggest beef with like, and I understand why, because it would have been traumatic to my grandpa, but my biggest beef was with how my grandpa went out was he was like, hey, can I just kill myself, you know, which is, is dark, but, but nonetheless, he was like, yo, can I just fucking, you know, I got guns. Let me just take, I don't want to fucking, it is a mess, but you know, we, you could, you could figure it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the, I had to instead watch the man suffer for several more months, but he did not want to, you know? Well, I mean, I mean you, they, they live near a lake. Sure, you're right. There's a, there's other ways. Or we could the just... The gun would go off underwater. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Instant Problem clean solved. up. Clean. Instant clean, clean up. up. And there's musky and carp in that <laughs> That's lake. That's right. They'd pick that corpse clean. Right, immediate nutrient recycling. Yeah, absolutely. Or if we were just a civilized country that, like, you know... Uh, acknowledge the necessity and the humanity yeah. of like assisted suicide for terminal patients. You know what I mean? But, the old -pod. but that's not what, that's not where we live. Anyway, I was thinking dying in the hospital, right? Yeah. I'm there. I die. The doctor's like, well, he's dead, you know? Yeah. Turns the nurse. And I should say that the, the artwork here is a rotting skull mm -hmm. with what, it, like, like the rot that is coming off the skull is coming off in like tendrils. Yeah, sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it reminds me of, um, it, it reminds me of um, Stephen King in Creepshow 1 when he gets oh, yeah, the yeah. fucking space mold on him and blows mm -hmm. his brains out in the fucking, yeah. in the, uh, fucking uh, bathtub. Sure. 
Or like the granddad in Creepshow when he shows up and says, like, I have my birthday cake or whatever, yeah. right? Um, anyway, so there's this nasty, funky skull. Mm -hmm. So I die, right? I'm a dead man. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm alive there one minute. I'm old or young, whatever. Whatever. Right? I'm there. The doctor says, quick, get the nurse, and then looks back at me and I already look like that. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> like a cut scene. Yeah, the final. I'm the, just a sloppy, rotten mess on, on the uh, on the gurney. The final indignity that I li leave my fellow humans with, right. you know? Right, like I immediately shit the bed, yeah. and then I just turn into <laughs> just this cool. sloppy mess immediately. Yeah, I, I, can, I can only hope that, like, I experience, you know, like or a stripe from Gremlins-style death. <laughs> That's ex exactly. I just turn into a pile of goop, you know? <laughs> That's what this looks like. Yeah. Absolutely. It looks like the skull is turning in. It's like it's striped. Stripes. God, what a horrific thing that was. I think I've I talked know. about it before. I saw that movie in the theaters, and that movie absolutely scarred me. <laughs> yeah, sure. It makes sense. There's no way you see that coming. No, 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 you really don't. You don't see the general turn of that movie coming. No, but that's where, where it's brilliant. Those last, last minutes of yeah, melting gremlin. Sure. Yeah, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. That's a hell of a thing for an eight year old. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> when, and they, they, they get you that final time too when you think he's done and, and then he, he pops out. out of the fucking, the skeleton pops out yeah. and then even the skeleton melts into goop. That's awful. Um, okay, let's uh, let's roll the dice one more time. We're at a little a little over an hour, but you know we just got a couple text messages, so All right. let's fucking let's fucking. It's gonna do be it. a short one. No, it's not gonna be a short one. We're at like an hour fifteen right now. All right, two. Okay, two is uh, Cemento with weaponry. This is nice because we kind of we got a sample of like every conceivable style of music in our kind of, yeah. in our purview. We got a little bit, this is some post-punk stuff, I already know, because we listened to the last release, but we got bestial black metal, we got some more straight-up black metal, we got some nice power-poppy rock stuff, we got straight-up hardcore, we got weirdo synth stuff. It, we, we covered the, we, this is every bass. Mm -hmm. This is great. This is the most complete episode of Demo Listen to date. Yeah. Ranting up top. Every genre under the sun. We did it. We even had country-infused stuff. I know. Everything. I know. We really did it. This is a good... If this is your first episode, welcome. You this, chose a good one. This, yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, you can find this at cementola.bandcamp.com. This is their new 7-inch weaponry. Came out... Well, newish. It came out in February, so soon to be old. We're, we're approaching the year mark in a few months. Um, let me see if there was a specific song that was re recommended to us on this one. Nope. Uh, yes, actually, yeah. Hell Voice is the song, the first song on here. So we're going to listen to Hell Voice by Cemento off of their EP Weaponry. <laughs>
All right, we just heard the song Hell Voice by Cemento off of Weaponry. How'd you like it? It's good. I mean, the last thing came out on Iron Lung. Yeah. Um, so a discerning ear already approved. For sure, yes. Um, not to, you know, fucking fan anybody's balls. But, sure, yeah. Um, members of this band were in another band that was on Iron Lung Smut. They had a pretty good, oh, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. say full length, because it's only eight songs, mm-hmm. but they had a pretty good release on Iron Lung as well. Yeah, that Smut Yeah, this was, was really fucking good. I like this. This was, um, this seemed to, I, it's been a while since I've thought about this band. Same, yeah. Like, when did we have it on the show and so forth? But, like, this seemed a bit more polished than I remembered it. Yeah, for sure. It does mention that some of these are re-recordings of older songs, so it might have been a thing where they were like, "Yeah, let's uh, let's let's up the ante on the production value a little bit." Or whatever. yeah, this this sounded fucking great. This though. sounded really good. Yeah, all the production was was on point. Um, this is, I mean, if you if you like if you favor this style of kind of semi lethargic reverby, darker post punk stuff, this nails every every component of that you, you really got no beef with anything going on here i can understand if people are kind of burnt out on this brand of post-punk because it has become the post-punk du jour in in favor of more angular kind of right. energetic stuff mm-hmm. and i get that i think i'm kind of at a, a bit of a saturation point with it but i also see that kind of that stuff receding a little bit there's not there was a moment on the show Ooh, when yeah. we got this kind Tons, of stuff all this time every day and we're getting kind of sick of it but i do think that even in the height of it this probably would have stood out as a little bit of I a cut above. For sure. I agree 100%. This was just really good all around. I got I got not a ton of stuff to say about it, but I have no beef with it at all. It's re- it was really good. I will probably check out the rest of this EP. And Zach, who sent it in, said that he was, he was surprised that he has not heard more people talking about this, which may just be a symptom of, of what we just expressed, which was that this stuff was kind of at a saturation point, and this may have just, like, released right after the the public interest in this kind of started to wane a little bit Mm -hmm. but really fucking good liked it a lot um okay so let's uh let's uh, yeah we should we should probably call it there we're at like a minute or an hour 20 and we got a couple voicemails to uh to read and i'm sure we'll have we'll have thoughts on things that are expressed therein so um and we let we went fucking long last week too um, so uh, we're making up, making up for lost time, right? Yeah, that's right. We're gonna yeah. cut cut it short because we went long <laughs> well, last time. We, got, we comped some time from last <laughs> week. Well, we're not cutting it short. We're just going a normal a normal amount of time. Um, so we got one from TJ. He oh. said that uh, go ahead. She, okay, he said that Sheets actually discontinued the Beyond Patty some months back, but Get Go has the Impossible Burger. Good luck getting someone in the kitchen who knows how to properly stack your burger, though. Anyway, Sheets has the Wisconsin Cheddar bites, so they still get my vote. So yep. there you go, a vote in Sheets category. I am sad to hear that they discontinued the Beyond Burger, but I imagine it probably wasn't a particularly popular menu item. Mm. Although every time I got it, it was surprisingly competently prepared. The first time I got it, I was like, this is going to be a nightmare. It's going to be fucking charred or something's going to be wrong with it. was just fine every time I got it. For a, ba- a, a gas station vegan ha- hamburger, to imagine that I would ever even be able to use that phrase in my lifetime when I first decided to become a vegan is preposterous. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to mourn for what was. I'm just going to be happy that I had it, you know? Sheets has currently going... I think the most disgusting advertising campaign. Oh, really? Yeah, like you would think if you make, and now it is gas station food. Sure, yeah. Right? But the idea behind Sheets, you know, is you can get whatever the fuck you want, basically. Yeah, of course. Right? Do it your way, even if it's disgusting. Sure. So they have they have people on their ads right now with absolutely maniacal expressions. Okay. Making the most Gas, like like eating the most ghastly of gas station treats. Yeah. Take a look at this. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Every time I pull up, every time I go home and I pull up to his sheets, I see this motherfucker dumping red sauce on a pile of shit. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't like the look on the face. No, no, no. Look at this. Oh, yeah, like drizzling the sauce. She's drip, drip, drizzling some sauce on her devil tongue sticking out. Yeah, I don't like that one bit. Bunch of goop on the on, on, on bread. Yeah. I think it's on the waffle buns they make. It looks like it, yeah. Yeah. So the, their their ads are all about basically make, like making their, their gas station food look as vile as possible. Yeah, and more more end of an empire shit for us, right? Yeah, Just look at this guy. The celebration of gluttony on billboards. It really is. So I was, that's what I was saying. Yeah, it's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, it's no we don't good. have culture. We have we have country music celebrating colonial colonialism and just endless fucking gluttony. Yeah, it's not it's not very cool. <laughs> um, so this next one we have. Uh, what do you guys think about the band Kulo? We've talked about Kulo on the show before. You, you may be a newer listener. We have a we have a dense we have a dense catalog at this point. Uh, both like Kulo a lot. Both had the pleasure of seeing them in their heyday down in Indianapolis at my friends the Pit Fest. I'm not sure if I saw them any time other than that. I'm trying to think. I may have. I, I went, saw them in Michigan when they first put the My Brain Is Hanging Upside Down demo out. Okay. So uh, where'd you see them in Michigan? Like in Northern Michigan. It was some little fest. Okay. Right on. Cause yeah, I like, I saw so many shows around that part of my life and the, and the Midwest was popping so hard that it's easy for me to forget like, uh, oh yeah, fuck. I saw this really good band more than once. So I may have seen Kulo more times than that. That's that stands out in my mind. Cause they were wiping their flag with, uh, wiping their ass with an American flag and trying to set it on fire and actively aping all of the other bands on the fest. And then the vocalist jumped off stage and beat up a man in a Guinness shirt while the rest of the band just continued to play. Well, the guy in the Guinness shirt was giving him some, Oh, he had it coming lip. 100%. The dude had it coming. He was like swiping at him and stuff. It was a classic, like a Henry Rollins type situation. And he was swiping at him because of the American flag thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the dude was like that. Well, it, the thing is, at the show, we were all surprised it took that long for the guy in the Guinness uh, shirt to get his ass beat. Yeah, it was gonna happen by right. someone. <laughs> it was just right. it happened to be dude from Kulo is the guy he finally pushed too far. He was like we. No one even knew how he arrived at the fest. He was like a not even like a, a flat, just laying down limp mohawk on a Guinness beer t shirt. Dude, that looked like he had no business at the hardcore fest. Yeah, he had business. He paid his he paid his dues, as we said. Sure, right? Yeah, anybody's welcome, but it's not for right. Him. Yes, yes, exactly. He <laughs> showed up. Yeah, right. Maybe he likes it. I don't know. Perhaps, but he didn't like getting whooped out the door. Um. So, uh, yeah, love Kulo. Great band. Uh, I so I'm wondering what the context is in asking us such a question because uh -huh. if you're familiar with our tastes on this show, yeah, right. And even if you don't know if we've ever listened to the band Kulo, you could probably guess. You can guess. But maybe this is maybe this is the dude's second episode ever, and he's maybe. just like, I wonder what these guys are but about. Maybe maybe isn't like you know, I guess the guys from Kulo are have kind of reputations. Yeah, for sure. I don't care. I had those guys at my house recently. Yeah, I don't uh, care either. Their band Man Eaters played the house. They were real good. That's right. I don't know if they're guys I would want to have close personal relationships with, but their band's fucking rip yeah, ass. Their band's rip, so they're yeah, good enough. Yeah, for sure. Good enough for me, man. I'm not I'm not asking them to like to oversee my will. I'm yeah. just asking them to play some good riffs in my basement. And they got that job done perfect. Right. Uh, and if they smack women around, don't let me know. Don't let me know. Don't tell me. La, 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 la. I can't hear you. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, it's Will, that Fleshwater track from last week. is not my flavor, but that track you played is a cover of an old Bjork song on Post, an album I really liked when I was young. Regardless of how you felt about their cover, I'd recommend anyone who hasn't heard it to scope the original. So a couple of people pointed this out to me on like the demolition group, too. 
I really like the album post. I will take the the fact that I didn't recognize it as being a Bjork cover as a testament to the fact that they really butchered it. I know for a fact that there's not a jump the fuck up part in that track on the original Bjork version. Post is a great record. I like all of that. That whole run of Bjork stuff is really, really good from that era. Um, like the trip hoppy stuff. It's fucking rules. Um, really like the Sugar Cubes. Really like KUKL. Like most stuff Bjork's ever done, in fact. She fucking rocks. A true artist. Um it's, I like Bjork just fine, but I had no idea that was a cover. Yeah, I didn't when we listened to it at all. After people pointed it out, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess so. Um, but uh, I there's been so there was some discourse in the demolition group about Fleshwater. Mike from the first Seven Inch Club podcast, who I don't big up enough. I love that fucking podcast. I listen to it every week. I look forward to it every week. If you like our show, like go listen to their show. They have a very similar energy, but they listen to old music instead of new music. And I I always like wait with bated breath for the new episode, which is not something I say about even most other podcasts I like. So tune into that show. But, uh, but yeah, Mike posted in the, in the Facebook group and was like, man, I'm so happy to get here. That Fleshwater stuff get lambasted because I've seen all these people fucking boosting it. And I listened to it and I was like, this shit fucking sucks. And I thought I was, I was the only guy. I just yeah. was the old out of touch guy. But a few people have reached out to me, some in the group publicly, some in confidence and said, yeah. I don't like that record at all. It's not very cool. It's really boring. At its worst, it's jump the fuck up, new metal stuff. At its best, it's like a really boring take on like mid to late 90s, you know, lethargic alt rock stuff. So there you go. The 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 jury is no longer out on Fleshwater. No one likes them. Um, okay, last up, we've got one from Blake. Not a single Not a person. single soul, despite the fact that they're doing quite well. And actually, I saw a young kid at the show I attended like two days ago uh, in a Fleshwater shirt, and he was like a fucking 17, 18-year-old kid. So yeah, he go. likes it because his fucking parents listen to Deftones. That's exactly it. Um, how's it going, guys? I was stoked to hear that the chat pile record went over well with the two of you. I was curious if either of you were inclined to check out their earlier shit. Their Remove Your Skin, Please EP has some of my favorite tracks they've made on it, and I'd be interested to hear any thoughts you guys might have. Thanks, and have a good one. No, I haven't. I have I haven't, to. I haven't listened to it yet, no. I, As I mentioned, I mean, as you might imagine, based on the format of this show, we're exposed to a lot of music, and a lot of it is music that we like a lot and feel inclined to purchase or check out or spend some time with. And the sheer number of releases that I'm exposed to via this show make it so fucking hard for me to like take time. And also I find myself when I have free time and I'm listening to music, a lot of times I go back and revisit classic stuff that I like a lot just because at least one night a week I'm exposed to a ton of new music and I usually find a couple records on any given episode that I want to spend more time with. So it's hard. It's, it's, the, that's the dual nature of this show is I'm exposed to a lot of music, but it also uh, saps some time and energy away from me seeking it out on my own sometimes. It, it can be kind of exhausting sometimes. For sure. Like a lot of times I just, when I leave here, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to listen to the rest of that when I get home or like on my way home. And I just, I'm like, I just actually want to sit in silence for a yeah. little bit. Yeah. So, uh, no, but I'll check it out. I will check it out for sure. Inevitably, I will go back and do that because once I get tired of listening to the new record, I will probably, you know, go back and listen to the older stuff. Mm -hmm. and then uh, if I remember, which I almost certainly won't, but if I do, I'll report back and you'll you'll hear about it on this show. Maybe I'll make a maybe I'll make a mission of that this week. So uh, that's it. That's the show, folks. You made it to the end. 
if you made it to the end, you were rewarded with not even having to hear any voicemails this week. I guess people are just, uh, they didn't feel like talking. I don't know why. It's fine by me. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's our job. Uh, so uh, if you like the show and you like to talk to us, you can call in at 260-222-8341. Just uh, make sure your, minute, your message is a minute and a half or under, please. And uh, if you don't feel strongly about your ability to be concise, you can shoot us a text like these individuals did. Feel free. We'll read it on the show. We'll respond to it. Beyond that, tell your friends about the show, rate and review it, do all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I always hear people talking about their analytics and stuff like that. Yeah. And I don't even know what's good. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I think that our podcast does well. That's my intuition because a lot of people talk to me about it. A lot of bands that come through and stuff, but our world is a, a micro, like even the world of hardcore and punk that we're in is a microcosm of a larger exactly. world. Like we're in the basement space, right? As always. As always. That's where I feel comfortable. That's where I like to be. So even that is skewed in a direction because that's kind of the people that we service with the show, I think. Um, but when I see it compared, like compared to other numbers and stuff, I think we do well. And I've had people tell me like our Patreon does well compared to other podcasts. I don't I know. Have, I don't know what the baseline is. I don't even know where to look at the numbers. I don't fucking know. I look at the numbers sometimes and they mean nothing to me. It's just like trying to read a foreign language. For, like, for all I, I know, for good. all I know, we are just emanating this into just the void. Just pissing in the wind. Yeah. I don't think we are. I think we reach a decent number of people. A surprisingly large number of people considering the low quality of the content. But nonetheless, <laughs> um, yeah, man, if you like the show, I guess tell people about it because I don't know what I'm doing. And as we discussed at the top of the episode, we have little interest in pursuing avenues that might allow our show uh, to grow or profit or well, do anything like we'll, that. We'll so. gladly take it if it shits in our lap. That's exactly it. Dude. That's exactly but it. It's almost... <laughs> but like... Yeah. Dude. To actually have to like give a f enough of a fuck, yeah. To like you know, because it, it's it's so personally debasing. It is, so this is this is another thing I found out about like people who have sponsorships that don't arise just by happenstance. Like Exagrind, for example, you know they're friends with like Death Wish. Sure. They're friends with Closed Casket Activities. They're dudes who've been around for a long time. Bob worked at Rev. Uh, fucking sure, they got Pat, they got Pat they worked got at connects. Equal Vision. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. So. Bob, yeah, Tom's an indecision, right? They, so they got connections. They got connections. That stuff comes to them. But I guess most podcasts who reach a level where they can advertise, like, you know, like pull in advertisers, which I'm pretty sure that we're at, we could monetize this from, because I like read an article the other day, because I was like, well, this is how much traffic we get. So many downloads we have. This is how many unique listeners we have. Is that good? And so I kind of tried to like place that metric in the broader kind of scale, you know, scale it. Yeah. And from what I was reading, we're well past the point where we could easily monetize this. But I guess what you have to do, and I heard like other podcasts talking about this too, is you have to like put together like a pitch deck. Fuck that. And I'm like, no, no way, fuck dude. That. No way. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, fuck no. that. Oh, please, please give me some of your money. Listen, yeah. to the, listen to the show. If you don't like something, we can change it. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I'm also, dude, I'm just not good. At like, because it is debate, Right, I'm not good at like taking advantage of connections that I have. I'm also friends with Trey from Death Wish, I don't like but it doesn't occur to me to be like, "Hey, man, yeah, would no, Death Wish want to sponsor the no. sponsor the no, podcast?" And then you want me to fan your fucking balls? Yeah, I don't know. No, fuck nah, that. No. Now, if somebody that I liked that I was friends with that was in a position that they wanted to advertise on the show said, "Hey." Let, let us throw you some money. Tell, talk about a, a record a week or whatever. Yeah, okay, whatever. Sure, sure, I can't guarantee it. I can't like tell it. you guarantee that I'm going to say good things. Right. You know, right. I'm not going to do a straight ad read for you, but I'll do it. Anyway, I, I've managed no. to I've managed to fit some no. more. My, my, 
No, no. Yeah. My pride is far too lofty yeah, to do that. Yeah, there's no way that you're ever going to receive a pitch deck from Demolition, right? No. It's just not happening. So, so, so fear not. We're we, just we're just going to leave those wads of cash as, sitting on the table. As as uh, as long as Convulse keeps that dough rolling in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We we're right. we, number one. We don't need another sponsor. Right. That's right. I mean, right. with the, the the fat coffers of Convulse Records, I mean, we're but, fucking uh, we're sitting high. We're riding high in the hog. Anyway, we'll, so. And and I'll never I'll never fucking compromise just to make a goddamn buck. That's right. Never. Well, you want me to say that Flushwater record is actually good? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You, I mean, yeah. I was going to say you can't pay me to do that. You could, but I you bet could. you're not prepared to fl- to to put forth the amount of money that I would need. Well, to be able to give you a straight, earnest ad read where I am lying yeah. through my teeth. You do that already, but you don't put your name on it. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I 100% do that, but I don't put my name on it, right? Yet you have to pay me an extra premium to put my name on it. Right. And in fact, I often say, hey, please don't put my name on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get the fuck out of here. All right, see ya.